What's up, fam? Um, so I promised Leslie I would do some travel content for the website. So I'm going to take a break from irregularly scheduled programming and talk about a trip that I put together for a client that is going to the Rockies this summer. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that here in just a couple of seconds. So this trip started out as a Rocky Mountain National Park trip, and we were going to stay there in Estes Park for the entire week, and we weren't really going to move around much. And then, you know, my client and I got to talking, and I think there was the the desire for a little bit more. And so we're turned into a week-long trip at Rocky Mountain National Park morphed into a road trip encompassing basically the entire state of Colorado. And so this, this trip was a ton of fun to plan. And um, just to kind of give you a brief overview and synopsis, 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 synopsis is the correct word um, of the trip. Uh, you basically fly out here local um, in Mississippi and, and you land in Denver and head on north into the mountains, up up into the park, and um, you spend a couple of days there, come back down to Colorado Springs, do some really cool stuff in Colorado Springs, jet over to Crested Butte, Telluride, and then um, there's a couple other places, little parks on, along the way that you make stops at, and come down the Million Dollar Highway all the way to Durango, and you finish your trip out at Mesa Verde. And so it's a really neat little trip. It's a seven-day trip, seven-day itinerary, and you basically get to see all of Colorado. And so that's that's what I really liked about it is it was a how much can we pack into one week-long trip? And I'd say we packed as much as humanly possible in. But so let's just start off with airports. Um if you're going to leave out of Mississippi, there aren't very many options of, for an airport. And so I think for me, if if I'm going to recommend to somebody, hey, where would you fly out of? There's three main places that I would say. There's Gulfport, there's Jackson, and there's New Orleans. And I kind of put them in that order, not really on purpose. I do prefer Gulfport. Um but I guess if I had to rank them, we go Fort New Orleans and then Jackson. And um, I have my reasons for that. But Gulfport to me, the reason it's my favorite is it's such a small airport and the TSA lines are so small that you really don't ever have any problems whatsoever uh, getting to your destination. So there's eight total gates. TSA takes you on a bad day, probably 15 minutes. And so when you get through the lines, and you walk into the, you know, to the terminal, there's four gates on your left, four gates on your right, and that is it. They have an Arby's in there, and they have a bar in there, and they have one of the Hudson News. If you're familiar with flying, you know there's Hudson News everywhere, and just about every airport in the United States, 
you should be able to find a Hudson News. And that's basically where you're going to get your chips, your drinks, your snacks, all the things. If you're not familiar with flying, that's like the convenience store of the airport, basically. And so I really like Gulfport just because it's a little more intimate, uh, a little smaller. So you don't have like the hustle and bustle of Atlanta or Dallas or even New Orleans at times. And so we really like Gulfport. We do like New Orleans because uh, Megan and I do the Delta Sky Miles card. And our particular card gives us access to the Sky Club. And so New Orleans is really the closest place with a Sky Club that we really like. So um, we definitely like to fly out of New Orleans as well. And she and I have TSA PreCheck and Clear. And there's just a lot of amenities that New Orleans has that the two main Mississippi airports do not have. And so we really enjoy, you know, going down, making a little trip out of it, maybe eating at Dickie Brennan's or another one of the really nicer um, French Quarter restaurants and just kind of making a little mini night out in New Orleans before we do our vacation. I know that's totally like far-fetched as far as like, oh, I need a vacation before my vacation, but it's a lot of fun. So anyway, that's, we do like New Orleans for that reason. But um, anyway, so Enough about airports. Um, I think uh, I mentioned maybe talking about TSA and clear and that kind of thing um, a little bit more, but I'm going to save that and just do an entire podcast episode on why you should have TSA and clear if you are a frequent flyer. Um, If you're a frequent flyer, you probably already know about that, but you know, uh, okay, I'm just going into way too much detail, but what you need to know about TSA PreCheck is it lasts for just about, I think the same amount of time as your passport. So you can kind of do the, the two things hand in hand and um, it just makes sense. We'll talk about all that later. Back on track. So flights aside, um, when you get into Denver, you're going to go ahead and go north all the way up to Rocky Mountain National Park. And um, the little city there is called Estes Park and it's considered the gateway to Rocky Mountain. And there's tons of little uh, resorts and hotels there. Um, the one that I liked for this particular seven-day itinerary, um, th- there are a ton of resorts there, but there's one hotel in particular that I really liked, and it was um, the Ridgeline Hotel by Ascend. And um, it's the only true hotel in the lineup that really kind of set itself apart from the others. Um, there are some resorts there that are really nice and all, but for the sake of it being a quick, like one, two night stay, I wanted to just stick with hotel properties only. And so I went with Ridgeline just because out of all the hotels I looked like, I looked at, um, Ridgeline was kind of the one that, that made the cut for me as far as quality, um, reviews, what I felt like customer service was, um, from, you know, when I made phone calls to them, Ridgeline is really just, they won that for me hands down versus all of the other ones in the area. So Ridgeline hotel is, is definitely the one to stay at in Estes park. And so when you're doing Rocky mountain national park, we'll kind of talk about why you're in, in the area. Um, I kind of classify people into two groups when we're talking about Rocky mountain and, those two groups are the ones that, you know, so I'm, I'm going to like bring this back to Mississippi people, right? So like we are very much interested in like 
Cades Cove in the Smoky Mountains. Like everybody's gone to Gatlinburg, everybody's done Cades Cove, or most people have. I say everybody is a generic, you know, term, but um, you have those people that kind of stay in the car and sightsee and maybe get out and walk around a little bit. And then you have people that are like my buddy Zach and he road trips and he hikes everything he possibly can. And so um, that's kind of like my two people groups. And so if you're like people group number one, where you really like to stay in your car and look around and see things, you can probably do Rocky mountain in a day. But if you're like my buddy Zach and you like to hike everything possible, uh, you probably need a couple of days, maybe even three days to really get your feel of Rocky Mountain National Park. And of course, that definitely plays with your time a little bit and the time you have to spend in other places. But for the purpose of this itinerary, we're assuming that you're going to spend one day uh, there. You're going to take a half day and you're going to drive around in the afternoon. And then in the morning, you're going to do um, the two kind of beginner hikes around Bear Lake. And so that for most people is going to be enough, especially considering in Mississippi, we're used to like zero sea level and Rocky Mountain National Park is like thousands of feet above sea level. So altitude is a real deal. Um, when you get up there, you'll, you'll be totally out of breath. In fact, I'm out of breath just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, so for the sake of this itinerary, we are one day at Rocky Mountain National Park before we head on back through Denver and we go to Colorado Springs. So honestly, the main reason Colorado Springs is even on the list is because I felt like I needed a halfway point between Denver and Crested Butte. And I hadn't really explored Colorado Springs as an option until this trip. And what I found was that Colorado Springs has some of the coolest, um, I'm going to use the word attractions, but you know, that's not really, they have some really cool parks and monuments there. I guess that's the best way of, of saying that. Um, specifically in like the Pikes Peak area. And what's neat about that is um, there's a train that goes all the way to the top and it takes about three hours round trip. And you have some of the most incredible views that you can't get from any road um, it kind of goes around the backside of the mountain and you get to see, you know, these really cool landscapes of the little river that runs through there. And, um, they kind of stop along the way and there's really neat bridges and tunnels. and You just get a much different experience than if you drove to the top. And so, you know, again, it takes about three hours round trip and they, uh, they let you have a little time at the top. And so it, it's just really neat. And so that's kind of the first thing that you do starting the day off. Once you get into Colorado Springs, um, the trip from um, Estes Park down takes about two hours or so, roughly. And so if you uh, catch breakfast in Estes Park, leave there around 10, you're going to catch basically the one o'clock train. Once you come down, there's some other things that are really neat. You, you've got Cave of the Winds. You've got some quiff... Uh, <laughs> some cliff dwellings. Um, those are super cool. Those probably take an hour, maybe two hours each to, to go through some of that stuff. And it's really inexpensive. You know, these tickets are like, um, 
$12 a piece, $20 a piece. I think the train ride is maybe $54 a person for the long trip. Um, what's really neat about that train too, that I forgot to mention is if you're into bike, like mountain biking and bike riding and stuff, uh, you can buy a one-way ticket and they'll take you to the top. You can rent a bike and ride the, the bike back down the mountain. So if that's something you're interested in, that's definitely something really cool about, about this Pikes Peak area as well. But anyway, you're, you know, we're on vacation. We're just chillaxing. Um, the sun sets about eight o'clock and seven thirty, eight o'clock. And so one of the big things about Colorado Springs, when I was kind of looking at the area and what to do is garden of the gods. And I say big things. It was the thing that appealed to me the most because, you know, I'm a photographer, filmmaker, and, and I just look for things that, that I feel like I could take a picture of and would be interesting or that I could put on my wall at home. And so Garden of the Gods for me was that draw. And the images, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at this park and looking at the pictures on Google that other people have taken, Sunset is so captivating to me that I, it's just incredible to experience. And, and so I definitely left that for the last thing on the day. And, um, you know, you can grab dinner, go back, ride through the park and just get some of the incredible views of the sun setting on some of those peaks. But, um, in Colorado Springs, uh, I know I told you where to stay in Estes Park. Uh, it just depends on what your scene is. If you want to stay there close to your, to your route, and you want to stay close to Pikes Peak, um, you know, there's some really nice hotels there. But for me, I'm very much a downtown kind of person. I want to stay somewhere where there's going to be really good food, maybe that's walking distance, maybe somewhere that I can walk around with my camera at night and take some really cool pictures. And for me, that's in downtown or in the downtown-ish area. And so um, SCP Hotel there in Colorado Springs is my probably number one pick for the city. It's uh, got some great amenities. It's really kind of unique. And, you know, I'm trying to think of how to, how to describe it. It it very much fits in with that Ascend collection that, you know, you stayed in SS Park in. And if you've ever been to um, Chattanooga and stayed at the Dwell Hotel or uh, New Orleans at the old number 77, it's very much that industrial modern type feel. Um, It's downtown. Again, in great proximities to some different restaurants and that kind of thing. and So I would definitely stay there um, on this trip. Uh, moving along, though, when, when you get outside of Colorado Springs, um, you'll take the road uh, headed back into the mountains straight up to Crested Butte. But it's important to note that Great Sand Dunes National Park is literally on the way. Um the really important part is there's not really many lunch spots on that road. So you definitely want to grab something in Colorado Springs, put it in a cooler and have a picnic at great sand dunes. If you like to hike, um, I, you know, when I was talking to my buddy, Zach, I know I've talked about him in the beginning a little bit, but one thing I asked him was what about great sand dunes? What did you like about it? What would, what would be your one thing to tell people? And, his thing was, you know, you see this big sand hill and you're like, man, I just want to go run up to the top of it. Um, it's very deceiving and it will wind you very quickly. 
and getting to the top is a challenge for even some of the most avid hikers. So um, definitely keep that in mind whenever you're stopping there at Great Sand Dunes. But by all means, stop, take the pictures, eat eat a picnic lunch, and then um, make your way on to Crested Butte um, for that afternoon. And so one thing to note about Crested is the whole reason I put this on the summer trip is it is the wildflower capital of the area. And so I'm not going to say the United States because that could be wrong. I, so I'm just going to say the area. If it is the United States, y'all, please correct me. But um, in June, it's still a little early for the wildflowers. You'll probably get a little bit, uh, but not nearly as much as maybe in July. But um, as with a lot of these ski towns during the summer, everything is still just as busy and bustling, I would say, as it is in the winter, maybe, maybe a little less so, but um, if you're into mountain biking or um, hiking, again, you can take the uh, you can take the ski lifts up with your mountain bike and bike the whole way down the, the ski slope. So that's a lot of fun. Um, make sure you you definitely take the gondola up, see all the sights to see and come back down. Um, in Crested, uh, the big stay is uh, is on Elk Avenue, which is the main strip. Uh, Megan and I just recently have gotten into staying at more of these boutique type hotels and mainly because the customer service is just incredible. And so we personally really like staying at boutique style hotels. And, um, this one is the public house lofts by 11. And I think at this hotel, there's like only, I think it's six or eight rooms and they're all kind of custom done. They're real boutique. And from our experience, you know, you really, we say that you can't really go wrong with a boutique hotel. Boutique hotel. Um, if you want to try one of those out local, definitely recommend the Almanette Hotel in Gulfport. Um, fantastic time there. Um, there's also a really nice one in Louisville, Mississippi, and I can't recall the name off the top of my head. I'll uh, put it in the comments or something. But yeah, if you're looking for somewhere local that you want to try one of those out before you make a commitment, um, you know, a four-hour plane ride away, definitely do that. Um, I'm going to try to keep this under 22 minutes. Uh, We'll see how well I do. We've got a couple more stops before we can wrap up. But um, the next thing on our list is really, um, it's it's Telluride. And so um, I kind of paired Black Canyon of Gunnison and Telluride together. I just didn't feel like, I felt like if you were this close to Telluride, you had to stay there. And it was kind of that next, like, where can I put you two hours away? I I try to keep two-hour drives on these legs. And so Telluride kind of made the list. Um, It's two hours to Black Canyon and then, like, another hour and a half to Telluride. But um, Black Canyon, (coughs) sorry, excuse me. Black Canyon is, if you think about um, the Grand Canyon just in Colorado, And so, um, it's cut out of sheer black granite, black slate, and it's, it's super incredible. The views are absolutely stunning at Black Canyon. And so it'll probably take you, I would say two hours, two and a half hours or so to go all the way through the park. And then you basically leave there and spend the rest of the afternoon at Telluride. The one good thing about, um, the summer in Colorado, it's kind of like here, sun doesn't really go down until later in the afternoon. And I know in the mountains, it kind of goes down a little earlier, but you have some longer days. And so 
and Telluride. Um, it's another ski town. Uh, obviously, take the gondola up to the peak, get some sweet pictures. Telluride to me is one of those places that I always call it like the Swiss Alps of the Rockies because that's just what it reminds me of. The town is kind of nestled between two different mountain ranges and it's just incredible. Um, the views there are absolutely stunning. Probably one of my favorite pictures of uh, Zach's trip that he was sharing with me uh, is from Telluride. And so um, with being that close, I felt like we had to stop in there. You have to see the views. And so the hotel there is uh, Camel's Garden. There's another hotel there on the main strip. And to me, I felt like the reviews just didn't do it for me. I, I felt like it it had the star rating. It had the hotel star rating, but the reviews were just not as good and did not live up to my expectation. And so for that reason, um, Camel's Garden kind of took the pick for me, and that's where I would stay and tell you ride if um, out of all the places that we looked at, that's definitely the one for me. All right, so let's move on. I'm not going to make my 22-minute mark, but that's okay. We are literally almost done. From Telluride, you're going to kind of backtrack just a little bit, and you're going to take Highway 550, which is also known as the Million Dollar Highway. And it's called the Million Dollar Highway because of the amount of money it took to build the road through the mountains to get from point A to point B. And so... You're going to have some of the most scenic views in all of Colorado going down the Million Dollar Highway. It's definitely something you do. Uh, it adds about an hour to your total trip, but definitely worth the scenic views. So take Million Dollar Highway 550 all the way to Durango. And Durango is one of those cities that doesn't really have um, the boutique option or it doesn't have like the kind of, you know, I tried to keep everything the same kind of feel on the hotel. This Durango is the one city that I didn't really have one of those options, but um, you can't go wrong. There, there are a couple Marriott properties there. Uh, Residence Inn and Spring Hill Suites are both in Durango. Uh, me personally, um, I've stayed at both. Um, I like Spring Hill just because it's a little more hotel studio loft like as far as um, the rooms go. Residence is more to me like I'm going to go and I'm going to be working for a couple of weeks and I've got a little mini kitchenette, and, um, maybe a bedroom, maybe a couch. You know, if you want a little more space, definitely hit up the uh, residence in. But for me, Megan and I prefer Spring Hill Suites just because of like the studio type feel. Uh, so that's where you stay in Durango. Now, Mesa Verde is literally like a 20 minute car ride to the west and you're going to need a full eight-hour day to really take in all there is to see at Mesa Verde. Um, it's probably one of the most historical stops on the trip, and so you'll definitely want to book the tour guide. You'll definitely want to do everything you can there. It is super cool to see all of like the, the cliff dwellings and the houses, and it's just incredible. So eight hours there at Mesa Verde, and then you're going to leave coming back home from the Durango airport. So you'll just drop your rental car back off there at the airport, hop on the plane, and we're headed back home. And so that is the seven-day itinerary from Denver all the way down 
to South Colorado. And um, man, it's just some incredible, incredible sights and, and sounds and seas. And man, I'm just super ready to go on this trip this summer. I know I booked it for a client, but when I saw how cool it was going to be, I was like, man, this is definitely mine and Megan's summer trip. So we're definitely looking forward to maybe exploring some of these things this summer and really coming back with some fresh, fresh views. And maybe I'll do a update podcast episode when we get back from the trip. But um, yeah, so for this episode, that's it. That is the Rocky Mountain trip, seven day itinerary. And uh, if you have any questions, absolutely shoot me a comment, shoot me an email, text me. If you don't have any of that stuff, for sure leave a comment and we'll uh, we'll definitely get you taken care of. Till next time. We'll see you soon.